0: Welcome to Warren Radio, with your hosts, The Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening.
1: Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower, and I'm here with The Watchman, and we are glad you joined us. If you have any prayer requests or anything you would like to write to us about, you can do so through our contact page on warn-usa.com You can find Warn Radio on usa.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely and Linktree. All the shows are available for listening and downloading by going to warn-usa.com and danaglensmith.com. You can also find Warn Radio on the following website streamers Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warn Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And don't miss these posts on warn-usa.com and dana.glinsmith.com. Persistence, Faith, Perilous Times Being kept from the evil that may surround you and your family is paramount. Read more on these perilous times. Valley of Acor, Door of Hope Today there is a need for hope. In America and worldwide, people are facing troubled times. Here we look at Hosea and the Valley of Acor. Socialist dreams, visions, and sugar plums. As far as the Biden administration goes, America has never witnessed such a bunch of misfits and malcontents who push Marxist policies and pretending all is fine. And the latest on warn-usa.com is our advocacy gospel Christian persecution classic at Warn Radio. Persecution of people for their faith continues at the hand of governments willing to do anything to stop the faith of millions of Christians. Do not miss this post: A Great Light Mists Darkness, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 110. No, Part 10 on Battle Lines. We find the prophet Isaiah giving the warning to Judah here. In the midst of the prophecy of coming coming judgment, we find mercy and redemption. And tomorrow night, on Battle Lines, we will be doing Isaiah's prophetic book, part 117. And also, The Rising by the Watchman, Dana Glenn Smith. The book is now in the stores. And you can find that at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books-A-Million, Ingram, Walmart, Google Play, Angus and & Robertson, and many more. It is a, The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller. When he who opposes rises, believers overcome by faith, we introduce a former black ops sniper named Mac. He is hardcore and one of the best at what he does. He is. His work is secretive, elusive, and necessary, but he wanted out. So there you have it, The Rising, and you can find it also on dana.glinsmith.com. And be sure to sign up for the WIBR WARN radio newsletter by going to dana.glinsmith.com. And you can also visit our Christian Books and Resource shop. And now I welcome in the Watchman.
0: You're listening to WARN Radio on the WIBR WARN Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn.
1: Greetings Dana, how are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing good, and that was a good job. I'm proud of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. We're not
0: going to start over.
1: Okay, so what's going on in your world? Anything interesting? Oh,
0: nothing. Just doing an intro to the show and, you know, doing Isaiah.
1: Yeah, we've been working on this. This is We're going into our third year. you believe that? Of oh, Isaiah.
0: Three years old. I'm getting older. Yeah we're maturing (laughs) so I hope we get Israel back into the land
1: yes me too
0: we haven't even um,
1: before the Lord
0: comes (laughs) yeah but uh, you know the thing of it is you can go through this stuff and everything you can you can type it to the church many times and just like we're talking, right. just like we're talking about tonight, and have been talking, there's only one individual that this pertains to. And of course, people that um, theologians have different viewpoints. You know, they well, we can find this in here and find that. Yeah, you can find a lot of things. I can too. I can look at it, but in the context, there's only one individual. So that's right. At any rate, we are Isaiah 42.
1: And it's part 117. Light to the Gentiles is found within this section. There is no doubt within the judgment of Judah and the Lord dealing with them, he has redemptive goals. This redemption is not only for Judah, but the Gentiles as well, who all sit in darkness and follow their own idols. The world in sin and sitting in darkness cannot save itself. And now back to you.
0: Okay, we'll do her.
1: I'll see you on the other side.
0: Yep. Light to the Gentiles. You know, a lot of the Gentile nations don't like to think of themselves as pagan or, you know, the goyim of the Hebrew, you know, the unbeliever. And today, you know, in the nations of men, we're civilized. We, you know, have people and they gather together in, for instance, the United Nations or NATO or something. And, uh, you know, everybody's civilized. Everybody has a God. Everybody believes in God and everything's fine and all always lead, lead to the same God. Wrong, but that's what we believe. The Gentiles have been going their own way since the beginning of the Bible. And uh, thank God that this God decided before everything that he would have the suffering servant, the Son of God, to come and redeem us. And the stuff that we talk about, of course, is in Isaiah. It's not in the New Testament, but you will find the New Testament writers actually quoting this and talking about this. Now we left off in Isaiah 42 and verse 4. And the last verse, he shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have she- set judgment in the earth and the isles shall wait for his law. And uh, Colin de Speaks of this verse as being preparatory grace at work in the Gentile world. And. Of course. The Gentiles at this point. They don't know anything about grace. They don't know anything about the gospel. But God is working on bringing this to them. And then we covered Romans 16, the revelation of the mystery. And the one thing that's interesting in this verse is that according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Now, what secret was that and what mystery? And he says before that, now to him that is of power to establish you, who's him? The Lord, Yahshua, Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying, now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel, he says, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Since the world began. But see, still we have a picture of God's preparatory grace in Isaiah that God was going to do With the Gentiles. And was also going to do. With the Jewish state. Because they're not left out at all. And. Then we move on down. To the verse that. Where we're going to begin tonight. Verse five. And in Isaiah. If you take. Five through seven, verse five, six, and seven—three verses. That's the first beginning of this particular, you know, section here. And the Lord's words are addressed to the servant, and the servant is directly connected to Jehovah. And so wherever that servant was before, Jehovah has the power to bring him and put him in the place to which he is set to be and is called for. And we get that because right in verse 5, it establishes what many people today is, you know, I mean, really, in the sciences and everything else, even the way we act in society itself. Because we like to believe that There is no power that we have been given the right to become gods. And we can define our own destiny and our own morality. And we can change the moral codes. And we can even say, well, you know, I was born a boy, but I'm not a boy anymore. I'm a girl. And we have sciences that can work on the body and actually make you from one sex to another, except there are a few problems there. But see, the bottom line of it is, that's not true. All of that is a lie. There's only one Lord God and creator of all things, and he's set in motion everything. And see, this is where we're going right now. In the midst of all these passages which are prophetic and describing the servant Thus saith God the Lord He that created the heavens and Stretched them out He that spread forth the earth and that which comes out of it He that giveth breath Now here, that's the vital breath, that is your spirit of man, the vital breath, the self-conscious spirit of man, which gives you your personality. And unto the people upon it, spirit. Now that word spirit is ruach, and this applies to the human spirit. Plus, it also refers to the spirit of the beast in general. Because God has put a spirit within all life forms. So now, this is given. Okay, this is where we're at. I am the Lord, I am Jehovah, I am Yahweh. I am the beginning and I have created all things and this is what I'm going to do. And this is why I like John one one so well. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And we find out that there was not anything made that was not made by the Word. The beginning. Now see, if you truly believe Scripture, then you believe that in the beginning the Word created all things. And he was with God. Which, in man's sciences and economy and the way we live today, we don't like to give this God we never see anything. You know, I mean, we have people that are afraid of Global warming. Well, you know, Peter dealt with global warming a long time ago. And he warned him that the heavens and the earth and everything therein is going to be burned up by fire. And he says, considering, and I'm paraphrasing, that everything's going to be burned up by fire. You need to... Uh, be careful what manner of man you are or person. you got to be careful to consider the things that you might do because everything's going to burn up and you're going to be in the presence of the Lord God. Now, see, we forget this in daily life in the world, and we don't like to submit to this God, and that's why Psalm 2 is so important, the nations are raging, the people imagining a vain thing, and they want to cast the bonds of the Lord far from them, and at the end of that, in Psalm two it says, "Kiss the son, lest he be angry and by kissing the son, you need to repent, nevertheless, in Isaiah, though we're looking at the authority figure, the one who who has called the servant, one who has established this, who has set this forth. This is also the one that's dealing with Israel. This is the one that uh, warned about the Assyrians coming. This is the one that called Cyrus. This is the one that sent Judah into captivity for 70 years in Babylon and then his servant Cyrus Delivered them and told them to go build the temple and build up Jerusalem and live there Now the one thing about Hebrews 1 and that's in the first chapter and Hebrews is a great book But it's established early Who we're talking about and thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. And he goes through all of this. Because he's relating the authority, the source, the start. <coughs> so now in verse 6, you've got this authority figure, I the Lord. The Lord here is Yahweh or Jehovah. I have called thee in righteousness and will hold thy hand. I will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light to the Gentiles. Now, you know, people can deny that this is about the Lord all they want. But the Gentiles, the born-again Gentiles, who read the word and love the Lord... They've been using this light of the Gentiles. Who's the light of the Gentiles? The Lord. Because he brought the light to us. You see, there's, there's something here that even in Israel at the time when the Lord showed up, it was the high priest, it was the Pharisees, the Sadducees, They didn't recognize the Lord. Matter of fact, they kept asking for a miracle, and many of them were standing there when a miracle went on. They saw him raise Lazarus from the dead, and the only thing they were worried about is, how are we going to get him to stop following him? I mean, when you see somebody raising somebody from the dead, I mean, nobody else is doing that. The high priest ain't doing that. So it was the Lord's own people, and it was also the church, if you want to call them that, you know, relate them to the church. That had turned against the Messiah himself. And of course we do say that they were blinded. But is that an excuse? It may not be an excuse, but it is the truth. I have called thee in righteousness, and this is not your righteousness. This is not man's assumption. This is the Lord God. It's His righteousness. This one is not going to be independent from the Lord God. And He isn't going to develop His own brand of righteousness. He isn't just going to come up with something. It's been laid out. As the Lord Himself said, everything I've told you is what my Father told me to tell you. He didn't come to replace the Father. He was given the authority by the Father. And further, even the New Testament lays out the fact that in the end, the Lord will give back the kingdom to the Father so that all in all, everything will be all in all, so the Lord God, our Father, will be the one and will hold thy hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles. Now see if you have a covenant. And of course, this is where we talk about the blood of the covenant. And in Romans 3, 23 through 26, that's a typical thing that you learn about number one, for all have sinned. Verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now see, the problem with that verse is there's a lot of people that don't like that. I don't like being called a sinner. I don't want to think of myself as being short of the glory of God because I have the glory of God in me and I can proceed to my godhood. No, you can't. Without Christ, you can't go anywhere. Period. While well, the nations don't like that. The communists have defined communism and Marxism as the number one system. They've been making war against the Christian church in China and and it really began in earnest with Wang Yi and his big church and they closed it down totally and Wang Yi I think is still in prison but uh, a lot of them even to this day they have totally redefined it and they're pushing to further redefine that the church in China has to have communism and Marxism as its number one tenet and if you're going to be a Christian you have to be a communist first and communism is an atheist faith see so they don't like this being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ see it's not you you can't save yourself that's why the Lord has called this servant in righteousness and called him as a covenant for the people to be that light, to bring him out of the darkness, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles too. And if you follow it back, and I've heard this many, many times over the years, you know, you don't find the Gentiles anywhere except in the New Testament, that's wrong. Matter of fact, if you go back to Joseph in Egypt, He married a Gentile. That was where some of the Gentiles were first grafted into the children of Israel. Being justified by his grace through the redemption, totally outside of your control. And that's why when we look at this, this is when the Lord started all this. You know, you and I are looking towards the end. We believe that the Lord is coming soon and that could be a while. But yet when we look at all of the signs we see around us, there's chaos everywhere, rumors and, uh, you know, rumors of war. And you have violence in America. You have this country itself just heaving with uh, division and hatred. And you just have so many things going on. And, And people today are even getting worried. There's a lot of people that are worried and concerned. But see... there is a Savior. And being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. And that's the whole story of the light. He is the light. Now, see, you had to have the blood because without the blood, there is no remission of sin. God chose in the beginning that it would be through the blood that the atonement would be made. And so at the start of this, the Jews had sacrifices and they sacrificed the blood of bulls and goats. And they had the Day of Atonement. And today they still celebrate the Day of Atonement. But see, today through Christ, we have the blood that's already been shed once and for all as a covenant for the people, as a light to the Gentiles, but also to the Jews. And God isn't calling the Jews to be a Gentile, and he's not calling the Gentiles to be a Jew. He's calling both houses to be in Christ to the glory of God. Why would he do that? Because God so loved the world. And so when we look at this, we can see within this prophecy (coughs) this thing opening up This follows the will of the holiness of the Lord. His holiness and the fact that he loved all of his creation. The fact that he wants to heal the earth. Yeah, you're going to find a time when the heavens and the earth and everything will be burned up in fire. But that's in the end. But that will lead to a new heavens and a new earth. But see, all this has to come out according to the will of his holiness and acting with love, wanting to redeem. It's the same thing that when you look at Judah. They only went in to captivity because they wouldn't listen to the words to repent, to stop it and return to the Lord. They wouldn't listen to Jeremiah or any of the other prophets over the years. The northern tribes totally wouldn't listen they were absolutely carried out of the land now of course there would have been some left because whenever you have a conquering army they would leave some of the poor people and the others to work the land for them and they would have someone in there you know walk it uh, you know controlling it and they would have uh, an army there so you know it's very possible that there would have been some of the northern tribes still in the land And they could have ended up up even, you know, marrying other races, other people, and not a Jew. And so this way we find them mixed up within the races worldwide, globally. And of course, many people, there's a number of people, including uh, a prophet that I knew, used to call this Ephraim. Because you can see in Ephraim that the blessings that went to Ephraim are the same ones that went to Abraham. That in him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And of course Ephraim came out of Joseph. So we can see where a line of the Gentiles was there all along. So it's not surprising that by the time you get to Isaiah, God is having a servant and he says he's going to be a light for the Gentiles. Why? Because this God in his holiness... Do you think he's just going to save one nation? Do you think he just wants to save Israel? The only reason Israel exists is because Abraham was a friend of God and Abraham was honored by the Lord and was going to make a great nation out of him. But that doesn't forbid the Lord from making other great nations and from saving other people by no stretch. But they're all united and the promise came through Judah. Because it went through Isaac. And the Lord was clear about that. Now when we talk about the light. He's a light to the Gentiles. Now see. In the King James, they have a semicolon after the phrase light of the Gentiles. And actually, the whole thing is one long verse. You see a lot of this because the thoughts are really combined. I, the Lord, have called you and thee in righteousness, comma, and will hold thy hand. He is not just going to let him go. He, he, he will have control on it through his spirit and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant for a people and for a light of the gentiles that's all one sentence separated by commas and a <laughs> semicolon there's a lot there now the next verse after the semicolon well to what purpose <laughs> the light of the gentiles semicolon to open the blind eyes of course <laughs> comma to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. How many of you have read some of the discourses between the Lord and the Jews when he was here? On, And, and the Lord told them he'd come to set them free. And they said, well, we be not. We're not prisoners. You know. <laughs> of course, they're sons of Abraham. They follow Moses or so they thought. But see, although, you know, you had a high priest. You had Paul. Look at Paul. Man, if you're going to look at someone as an example, he was an enemy of the church. And he said he wasted the church, but he did it ignorantly. This is a guy that would have been, you know, in our day, a multimillionaire. I mean, this guy was smart. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew the the Torah inside and out. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisee, a Jew of the Jew. He kept the law blameless. Yet, when he was approached by Christ, after he was knocked off his high horse, he found out he needed more than the law. That's opening the blind eyes. Now see... He's not talking specifically to the Jews here. But the Jews are still included in this because this is the servant that's coming out from the line of Judah. I mean, he's going to go to the Jews first, then to the Gentiles because both sides are blinded, they're sitting in darkness. He's trying to bring the prisoners within their own ignorance. They're blinded, trying to bring them out. This is the new covenant. I've died for your sins. I'm, I'm resurrected. You know, he's resurrected. He's going to bring in a kingdom. I'm going to give you my spirit. I've given you my word. Greater things than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. There's a whole list of things that he's doing, and he's not doing it just for the Gentiles, for heaven's sake. Matter of fact, if you look around and you say, well, exactly what is a Gentile? They're unbelieving. It actually means heathen, unbeliever. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I was raised in Methodist church. My grandma and grandpa were Methodists. Dear God in heaven, there was a time that the Methodists were known as the shouting Methodists. But by the time I got there, the only shouting got done is when you got in trouble. And, yeah, I heard all the Bible stories. But God had to get me out of the church in order to get me saved. That's what he did. But I was a heathen. I believed in the Lord. I knew he existed. But I was still a heathen because his spirit hadn't changed me. I hadn't been truly born again. I'd had, you know, professional upbringing in a lukewarm church. And you've got to be careful. If you're in a lukewarm church and you're brought up, you're going to be a lukewarm Christian. And those kind of spewed out of their mouth. If you, come, if you grow up in a, in a fire-filled church where everybody's on fire, you're going to be fire. You get close to someone that's lukewarm and you're going to burn them up. You're going to make them mad. So in verse 7, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Now, you see, when we look at this section, there are those that say, well, this applies to Cyrus. Well, you know, that's funny. Because while you can say that Cyrus indeed was God's anointed, and he was, and he had a job and he did it. But the only thing that Cyrus did was throw the idolatrous nations into a state of alarm. Now he physically overthrew Babylon and at the same time he made sure that the Jews were going to go back to Jerusalem build the temple and do everything God wanted them to do. He did that. But He wasn't a light to the Gentiles. The only thing he was, was a sound of alarm. Dear God in heaven, Cyrus is here and he's going to destroy us. Let's get out of here. What do we do? No, the servant of Jehovah is who we're talking about. He opens the blind eyes. He brings deliverance. He reveals redemption. And he delivers people from spiritual bondage and brings them into his truth because they need to spiritually discern him. You can't know the Lord through the physical, through just, you know, looking around. you got to have ears to hear. You can see that in Revelation. He that has ears to hear. You have to have ears to hear. Sometimes people, especially today, when they're listening to anybody, they're only trying to listen and hear To find out what they're saying is wrong. To try to catch him in the lie. And that's exactly what the Pharisees and a lot of the others were doing. But when the Lord walked down the street and he had a crowd following him, he had some woman touch him. He knew exactly what had happened. He could feel the power going out. He turned around, who touched me? And there was a woman, the woman with the issue of blood. She had had enough. She she, was desperate. And she saw him. She's, I can guarantee you she saw his miracles. And she heard a little voice inside her saying, Go touch him. You'll be well. And she touched him. See, today, if there's anything you need to do, you need to touch the Messiah you need to touch Yeshua you need to touch Jesus allow him to heal your hurts to forgive your sins that is this servant not taking anything away from Cyrus because he's already been prophesied about And Kyle and Leach, I like the way they said this. The servant of Jehovah here appears not only as one who is the medium of a covenant to the nation and of a light to the Gentiles, but as being himself the people's covenant and heathen's light. And inasmuch as in his own person, he is the, brand, the band of a new fellowship between Israel and Jehovah becomes in his own person the light which illumines the dark heathen of the world and that's the Gentiles Peter says it this way but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people that you would show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Amen. I mean, this is who the servant is. This is who Isaiah's is talking about Now verse 7 We see he opened the blind eyes he brought the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house and and that that ends in a period but the next verse says, I am the Lord. This is Jehovah. That is my name. My glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. You see, the thing of it is, is that within this, Cyrus as the servant of the Lord accomplishes his duty by force of arms, by an army. And he defeats him militarily. The servant of Jehovah, it's by the spiritual force of his his word that he gives. He said, remember what he said. My words are spirit and they are life. And when we look at all the things in his temperament of his gentle, unselfish love. And that he's willing to give mercy, willing to help. The woman caught in adultery. He wouldn't condemn her. But he said. To, you know, let her go, but. Don't go sin anymore. Even as believers, the Lord sets us free, but he he says, don't go sin anymore. There is allowance for that if you do that. But we haven't been called to be bound up with sin. We've been called to be free. He hasn't called us to fear. Fear. Now, see, there is a uniting when you see the servant of Jehovah and Jehovah Himself. John 5, it's interesting. The Lord relates this. He says, For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom He will. Verse 22, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Verse 23, That all men should honor the Son. Even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son honors not the Father which has sent him. Now that's the relationship of the Father and the Son, or of the Lord and the servant that he calls. You know, I love these verses. Verse 9, Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare before they spring forth, I will tell you them. And, of course, we know that well today through, you know, the books of Scripture that we have in the Torah and the Tanakh and what we have written down from the Apostles. But we know we know it by the prophet Isaiah, telling us stuff ahead of time, and all these things come to pass. And he speaks of it ahead ahead of time. So when we tell you that the Lord's coming again, that there are signs that are being full, you know, fulfilled right now, and the Lord isn't going to rush it because. There's a lot of people that aren't ready, so he is going to make them uncomfortable to bring them to himself. Sometimes we don't wake up until we're uncomfortable. And in America, people have a tendency to get comfortable. Just look at our Constitution. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. (laughs) What happens if suddenly your nation is overtaken by people that hate your liberty? They hate the lives you live. They hate everything about you. And so they have plotted to destroy your nation from within. And the reason the enemy got in is the same reason the enemy got in in the time of Judah. And even the northern tribes. Because of sin. And so we're learning about the things that were proclaimed by Isaiah about the servant. And today you and I are after the cross. Isaiah was looking up to the cross. We're looking back to the cross, but both those that were before the cross and are after the cross, we are all looking to the second coming of Christ with the armies of God, all of his saints. So we are all joined together looking towards the east. Looking in the skies. We are watching every day. We see signs. And in the midst of this, we see a lot more. And because of our technology, we're able to contact people around the world. We know. What's going on? We know what the enemy is doing. We know the miracles that are going on. And we know that Christ told us, greater things than these shall you do because I go to the Father. I'm not sitting here defeated. Neither should you be. Are you afraid of Omicron? Are you afraid of all these diseases? Now I know they get bad and people die from diseases and people are going to die. But I'll tell you, much of the church has not nurtured the fact that Christ is the healer, that we can resist diseases. But one of the things you have to do is heal your body because many have eaten eaten foods that destroy their immune system. God has given a body. And what have you done with it? Makes a lot of difference. But yet that doesn't negate. That greater things than these shall you do because I go to my father. But there's a lot of things that you're fighting. Has to be accompanied by prayer and fasting. And so when Isaiah speaks of new things and the next section does speak of that Isaiah 42:10 through 13 There are things that the Lord is going to do And he is going to take hold of his enemies. Those who are going after his people or keeping them in captivity. Now this also includes the new believers in the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus Christ. For when you believe in him, you're already delivered from sin, death, and hell. Automatically when you believe in him and you follow him. But see, through the Messiahs, I was just telling you, there's healing and deliverance and faith and comfort, there's the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Now you see, the enemies have guns and bullets and plots and plans. And many of these rejoice in killing Christians. And they will attack villages, especially over in Nigeria and throughout some of these third world countries and in Africa. So they go in firing. Can be early in the morning, late at night. They could be working in the field. They could be coming home from a hard day's work in the field, looking forward to time at home with the kids, taking their time and trying to have a bit of rice or whatever they have. Then suddenly a whole group of Islamists come along and shoot them dead in the doornail. Or maybe they might be the Hindus in India that do this. Or it might be the Chinese government who's uh, trying to quell any kind of a group of believers from praying or praising or singing uh, singing songs to the Lord. There is a war today, but there's new things. And see, this is where the word hope comes in. Verse 10, sing unto the Lord a new song. And in the church, in the old days, I don't know what they do today. But many, many years ago and in our home church, we had some glorious sing-alongs and prayer times. Altar calls, Sunday night and Wednesday night, but Sunday night was usually the best. And, of course, at that time, we didn't even know that the real Sabbath, sabbath was Friday night to Saturday. but we still came to the lord sing unto the lord a new song and his praise from the end of the earth and you that go down to the sea and all that there is there that is therein the isles and the inhabitants as far as you can look and as far as you can call in all of the world God provided this servant, the saving servant, for all people. And in retrospect, the world should be praising and thanking God for this Messiah, this Savior. But instead, they make war against him when the beast shows up And he will actually be from the, I believe he'll be from the line of Ishmael simply because the Messiah is from the line of Isaac. The true Messiah, the promised one, is out of the line of Isaac. And so when the dark one comes, he will be. From the line of Ishmael. It doesn't mean he's going to be. The one. The Muslims are expecting. But make no mistake about it. He. I believe personally. That he will be from that line. Now there is a whole line of thought. That he'll actually be a Jew. I don't believe that for a minute. I used to. But I don't. When I look at the context. And stuff like this. But whether it is or not. He's going to show up. And he's going to lead the world in rebellion against God. And the first place he's going to attack, (laughs) he's going to go down and surround Jerusalem. And you might think, well, he just hates them. No, the Lord actually says, I'm going to bring them down to Jerusalem and I'll judge them there. This is not by mistake, folks. You know, when you look at the center of the earth, there's a movie, a couple of them journey to the center of the earth the center of the world is Jerusalem right now it'll always be that way and that's why you can still see the blessings and the prophecies concerning Israel are still alive and there are messianic believers in Israel that work hard all the time to relate Yeshua to the remaining Jews that are there Romans 15 8 13 these are good verses now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy As it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and in him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Romans fifteen eight through 13 speaks of that singing in that new song. Isaiah 42 describes it. And this is what the Messiah does. And he brings that song and that rejoicing because people, people find the truth. And I think that is so cool. That this God would do that. And so we're not done with this section yet. Father, we thank you for your word today. Father, I ask that you would bless your people. That you would take care of them, give them understanding in this. And bless them. And in Jesus name, I bind you Satan and the powers of darkness from the preaching teaching streaming and receiving of this word. Amen. Okay, tower. I can't hear you. At any rate. Don't forget to go go to warmdashusa usacom or dana Are you here?
1: Yeah, I'm here. I was um late. <laughs> no, I'm here. I like that. Sing a new song. Or maybe I missed. No, sing unto the Lord a new song. That's what we all should do. and when you do that, you feel you feel the peace of God, you feel joy in your heart, and all these troubles that you seem that seem unsurmountable. When you sing to the Lord, they just become small.
0: They do. We're going to have to get out of here.
1: Okay. Well, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We love you. We hope the best for you and the Lord. Pray for your brethren around the world as we pray for you and pray for us. And we thank you for all you do for the King. Good night, everybody.
0: We'll see you again. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warn Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of
1: The Warn Radio.